I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Monday, June 22, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We actually have a lot on the docket today. The market is telling us something. It's indicating something. We're going to take a look around the horn and see if we can unpack and uncover just what that is. Some of it ties right into what we discussed in the weekend video, and some of it ties right into what the market did when it opened up Sunday night, leading into the Monday trading activity, and then certainly leading right up to how it closed at the end of the day Monday. That's extremely important. We're going to go through the whole ball of wax, including all the charts in between. We'll look around the horn at the other markets that are leading indicators. We'll look at the canaries in the coal mine, and we're going to learn some stuff along the way. Let's start with... How the market opened up Sunday night, the futures opened up down, they traded down pretty hard, and it looked like all the folks that were extremely bearish leading into the end of last week, and remember, it was quadruple witching options expiration, and then also remember the pixie dust stuff. Recall what we said in the weekend video. Did the market just trade down into the eclipse solstice thingamajig that's going on? And if, in fact, you believe that those events can be turning points in the market, did the market just trade down into a turning point and it's poised for another rally, another leg higher? Did we just recock the gun again? Let me pose this question. Let's recall the gap from last week, 30705. We talked about it for a couple of days. Last week, the market made an attempt to go fill the gap. It rallied back up, and then it tried to come back again to fill the gap. And if you remember, and this was discussed in the weekend video, they never filled the gap. They did it after hours. Okay, fast forward to Sunday night. Let's get a visual. This is the hourly chart of the S&P E-mini futures contract to the right of the vertical line is the activity from the Sunday night open through the closing price today. So they gap down and they trade to a low of 30.27, quite a distance from where they were just an hour before the close on Friday. And then they reversed and traded higher all day long in the futures market, never getting below, and this is a pit session chart now, never getting below the Friday pit session price. The low from Friday comes in at 30.57.50. I know it can get a little confusing between pit session, after hours, but to me, it's significant. I'm going to tie it all together. Just bear with me. And here's where all that magic is going to happen. So this is a SPY chart. And here you go with that gap that was not filled on Friday. And guess what? The low today, 306.75. They filled the gap right at the opening bell, turned around and went in the other direction. Now, just based on that price action alone, here's what we can say. We can have a line in the sand for now. The line in the sand can be 307 and change that gap. Why? Because of the activity on Friday coming up short, playing a little cat and mouse game with the gap, doing it after hours, trading lower after hours or in the pre-market, 
from Sunday night into the early morning session on Monday, and then doing what they did at the opening bell, running down to get the gap during the regular market hours, turning around and going right back in the other direction, that tells you a couple of things. A, it was important. They were playing games before, also known as shenanigans, brought to you by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. But it's also an important price. So what we do know is, if the market was down below that gap, for example, on Tuesday, that's a negative, that's a real negative. They shouldn't be down there based on the price activity today. It was bullish down around that gap. And then to further the case, it's bullish closing near the highs of the day. Take it at face value. That's the duck. If it walks like a duck, if it talks like a duck, it's a duck until it's not. Right now, the duck is bullish. We also had the important time is more important than price. We also discussed that in the weekend video. We said watch out for the early morning or at least the first half, the first candle or so of Monday. And guess what? Here you go. The market reverses. We're going back up. We were looking at either a 120 or a 240 minute chart when we said that. So the first part of Monday was going to be an important potential turning point for the market. We discussed it in the weekend video. I did glance over. It was the 240 minute chart. We also talked about a case that could be made on the daily chart. Even though it's kind of a slop fest, it could still make the case nonetheless. What's he talking about? These are the things that are taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader where we put together why time is more important than price. All right, here he goes again with all that bullish talk. What about the bears out there? Before you pound the dislike or thumbs down button or whatever it is, let's take a close look at the hourly chart. We're not out of the woods yet. Case in point, remember we have the all-important 312.15. Well, guess what? You also have an hourly chart breakdown candle high, 312.33. Now, is 312.15 going to be the same importance now or this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is that it was when it beat it to death over the last week? Probably not. However, irregardless of 312.15, they still have to clear and close hourly above the breakdown candle high of 312.15. 33. Just for kicks, let's move that up a notch. Now, just looking at the hourly chart from a trading slash chart 101 perspective, where would we expect the market, if it's rising, to find overhead resistance from a natural and garden variety perspective? Couple of areas. Number one, you have a pretty obvious pivot high here. 314.38. Market gaps up there, craps out. That's the market's way of telling you that price area is important. How do we support that case? The market couldn't get through the same area before. All it did was retest it again and experience a failure. Okay, fair enough. Will we experience a failure again? We don't know, but under normal garden variety market conditions, there's going to be overhead resistance in and around that zone. Now, Let's say the market consolidated, meaning it ate time off the clock and went sideways for a while underneath that price. Well, that last concept is off the table because of the last thing I just said, which is if it's eating time off the clock, building energy to go higher right under the price, then the price is going to be less of overhead resistance. 
Hence the reason why they spent some time consolidating and eating time off the clock. The next area is the next pivot high right up here. And what's that exact price? It happens to be this breakdown candle high is 315.64. So under, again, normal garden variety market conditions, you're going to find more overhead resistance at that breakdown candle high. Again, it's just simple the way we look at it. The market rallied up to that spot, found resistance, sold off, hasn't been back there since on the first run back up there under normal garden variety conditions. They're going to do what? They're going to find resistance and do one of two things. Either stop, hang out for a while for a cup of coffee, eat some time off the clock, or pull back and have a more meaningful corrective move or reaction from that spot. We don't know which one. That's the awareness. It's also how the market works. And by the way, that was a pretty good lead-in to check out what's inside the numbers today. What we'll do is run through the commentary. We have the pre-market commentary, and then we have the after-the-bell commentary. Here's the pre-market. You can see the rest. What I urge you to do is pause the video, read everything, go back to the charts, and see what the charts are actually saying. See what they did after the commentary was posted. We'll get down to stocks on the move in a few moments. Let's scroll up and see what happened as the market got going. As normal, early on a Monday, we want to see them open up. We want them to have the morning rush, shake out the weak hands in whatever direction they want to do it for a few minutes. That's generally what happens every single day, especially on a Monday. We just want to let them go for a few minutes. Right out of the chute by 9.33, remember the gap that wasn't filled after the close on Friday. So we're already in tune for what's actually happening. Let's continue moving along. By 9.38, we have our first stocks on the move trade under our belt. That's a little preview. Then they start working on the gap. Now, here's what you'll note as we scroll up. Here's where I'm just going to speak a little bit. You can pause the video and scroll up at your leisure. And what we want to note is where we start identifying important stuff. 310 is going to be important all day. We bring it right out early in the morning. Also, 308 is going to be important. And you've already seen the numbers. You saw what was posted before the opening bell. You see what's posted along the way. And then go back and check out what happened. So this is the tour guide along the way. 1020, there you have it. 308 is support if tested should be met with at least some short-term buyers if reached sooner than later and here's a little sneak peek so there's your 308 this is the second horizontal trend line right here and you can see what happened and that post was made later in the morning that wasn't right at the opening bell so here you go at 10 15 10 30 and you come down to 308 by 11 o'clock 11 15 and guess what that was it it was supposed to be support it was support. If you knew that, great. If you didn't know that, then you need to be here. Let's move it along. The market got real quiet, real fast today, and it basically was a slow grind upward. As long as the market stayed closing above 308, it was good to go. And then you basically have the big fat round number to contend with, 3100 in the ES, 310 in the SPY, and that's pretty much what happened for the remainder of the day. They played a little game with it at the end of the day, dipping below, closing back above it. That's normal garden variety market behavior. They do that all the time. And you'll see it depicted in the notes. End of the day, a little after 3 o'clock, 
309 and a quarter to 340 would likely be support. And there you have it, 309.40. You can see what happened into the end of the day. Here's the 15.30 candle, which is basically into the last half hour of the trading day. They run a test and rip it back up. Never saw that before. How about stocks on the move? Out of this list, we had two opportunities this morning hit their price objective, RCL and APT. You see the numbers posted on the board. These are on bright and early. Let's run over and check out the charts real quick. The first one, Royal Caribbean. So here's the deal. We had two entries on the board, $51.87 and $50.71. So the obvious is right in front of you. You could see what happened. The stock was getting a haircut at the open. It comes into the first price, makes a low of $51.78, immediately takes off on a rocket ride. Just minutes later, by 10 o'clock, even before that, it's got a high of 54 14. Traders are taking profit along the way. What happens? Stock comes back down to where? The second price posted on the board. Now, we don't know that the second price is going to be the same as the first price. Anytime, and this is again trading 101, anytime a trader is looking to take two bites out of the same apple, he's got to understand or she's got to understand how the trading gods work. It's an awareness. Sometimes they don't let you do it. But here's the point with this one. Let's just use this as a learning opportunity. The two prices were rather close together. So the intention there is if it blows through the first one at the open, it's going to get caught by the second one. That's really the point. Does that mean the second one can't work later in the day? No, that's not what it means. But what it does mean, at least to me, is it's not the same trade as if it hit in the first, let's say, 15, 30 minutes of the day. Doesn't mean it can't work. It's just not the same trade. It worked anyway. You see it right on the board. The second one, APT, was basically the same story. So this chart looks different, so let's set it up. So here's the closing price on Friday. Getting a haircut comes into the first price posted on the board bright and early. 15.88. What happens? Spikes it through by a few pennies. Takes off on a rocket ride, finding a high of 16.86. Now stop and think about that for a moment. It's a 15, 16 dollar stock, and you're basically up a buck in minutes. If you like apples, you have to like dem apples. Same routine. Later in the day, it comes down to the second price. Does what? Finds support. What happens? Starts to rally off that second price. Hands any trader wanting to take the second trade on the same stock another opportunity to pocket some dough. The whole concept is this. Here's the learning opportunity. The stocks are headed to a destination. When they get to a destination, they're either going to hang out for a cup of coffee and go to another destination or they're going to turn around and go back in the other direction. Interestingly enough, in the case of APT and RCL today, they did both deals. All in all, they did four deals. Short hop for a second. Back to the hourly chart of the SPY. Remember, 312.33 is that breakdown candle high. What happens if they can't close an hour above 312.33? Well, then they're going to come back down, and that's trouble if they can't do it. So you have to understand both sides of the equation, understand both sides of the tape. But here's the thing. What do markets love to do all the time? They love to run up and test those breakdown candle highs or run down to test those breakup candle lows. It happens over and over and over again. We point it out over and over and over again, which is why we point it out 
over and over again. It's not me telling you, hey, this is going to happen. Trust me on it. What me is doing is pointing out something that happens on a repeated basis, something you can pull up a chart and see right on the chart for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Go do the homework. Just another look from a different point of view, a different perspective. Here's a 240-minute chart, and you can see here's a channel. We've been trading in this channel. We talked about this the other day. It's easy to get skewed by the big reversal candle. Maybe it turns out to be something. Maybe it's not. On this chart, what do they have to do? They have to get above the high of that candle to make some hay. The high happens to be 314.38. When you go back to the other charts, that's close to some of the other prices. Those are the pivots that we'll see on other charts. They just look different depending on what time frame we're looking at. But understand this. If they start to clear this stuff, if this is in fact eating time off the clock, building energy in a bullish flaggish formation, then are they going to stop at 319 dead in the water or are they going to be poised to keep going a little bit and try and make new highs? Well, after eating time off the clock and recocking the gun, if the intention is to run up with another leg higher, I'm not sure we want to step in front of the market at 319 unless we find a signal or a sign of a trend change. Where do you find those? First, you find them in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, and then if they put one on the chart, we'll find it there. Who's going to put one on the chart? The market participants by virtue of the price action. Camp IWM. What do we have here? We have a market that was weak, leading to the downside early, early in the day, and then guess what? Turned around and led in the other direction. When we say led in the other direction, what am I using as a gauge on that? Well, simply put, I'm using the percentage that it finished up for the day. About one and a third percent up. What was the SPY? Less than one percent. Leading indicator, leading to the upside, finishing strong near the highs of the day. That's bullish, period, full stop. What about the second favorite market leading indicator? The IWM is number one. Transports are number two. This, by the way, is the folks down at the transportation department. I don't want to leave that out. I like that little phrase. Now, we certainly saw the turnaround, but is this still a canary in the coal mine? Remember, both sides of the tape play the umpire. Well, they finished pretty strong or near the highs of the day, so in and of itself, the transports had a pretty decent day. And when I say that, I'm saying from the morning lows, having the turnaround trading higher all day, that's a positive but when you look at the hourly chart, for example, is it really a positive or were they really struggling and they just got dragged up by the rest of the market? Now, keep in mind, part of the transports were being dragged down by a combination of A, the airlines, and B, the cruise lines. There was some negative news. They're not reopening the cruise line so fast. That's why RCL was on the board. It was, by definition, a stock on the move. But anyway, we have to take some of that with a grain of salt. We'll see how the transports act or react on Tuesday, but it's certainly of note, puzzle piece on the table. The hurdles that the transports would have to clear are pretty obvious. What's the first hurdle? How about the high from Friday? That's it. Until and unless you get above and close above the high from Friday, and you can even boil it down to an hourly perspective, you got to close hourly above the high from Friday before anything happens whatsoever. On the flip side, 
The low from today is certainly a gateway that, if breached on an hourly close, would lead right to last Monday's lows. Where are last Monday's lows? Right here when the market had a reversal. Remember, we talked about this over the weekend also. The fact that the market had that reversal last Monday, it's important. They need to keep price above the lows from last Monday if the bulls have any chance. Hourly close below on all counts, meaning all markets, all bets are off, no dice, trouble in paradise. How about the queues? What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Anything going on out here? Any trouble in the queues? Absolutely not. Did anybody see the price of Apple today? Apple, Amazon, Facebook didn't have a great day, but it's still high on the chart. Continues in an uptrend. Microsoft up $6, up over 3%. There's nothing wrong with this market. Take it at face value. I'm not even going to say the thing that I always say other than it's the same routine for the queues. No change. What about the financials? Are they telling us anything? Well, a little bit. We have to play the umpire, look at both sides of the tape, both sides of the coin. Guess what? The financials being down today is not a positive for the market. It could be a potential canary in the coal mine. So what do we say? Same thing we said the other day. They've got to get back above these averages, these moving averages, and back up above Friday's high. Until they get above Friday's high, no dice, and that's on a closing basis. First start with hourly and then beyond, meaning daily. Until that happens, no dice. Look where they are relative to the 20 and 100 period moving average. Underneath, the last line of defense is last Monday's low and the 50 period moving average. So if this is a big fake out and the markets are going to turn around and head south, this may be one of your canary in the coal mines. Keep an eye on the financials. Without the financials, the market is unlikely to make a larger move in either direction. The financials are a big part of the S&P. The financials are going along for the ride or helping to drive the bus. Either way, the financials have to participate. Smash Mouth, the semiconductor space is a pretty good proxy or indicator for the tech space as a whole. Anything wrong with this market? No. Same routine as the Qs. It's just a carbon copy. We can just move it along. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible, that is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.